Hey, this is Kenny Price. I'm host of Guat.Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things, our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is Season 16, Episode 348. Title, Real Girl Power. Subtitle, The Unique and Elevated Roles Women Played in the Life of Christ. The Pilgrim's Progress is a two-part allegorical story written by John Bunyan that follows the journey of its protagonist, Christian, as he embarks on a spiritual pilgrimage from the city of destruction to the celestial city, which is heaven. Part 1 was first published in 1678. It's considered one of the most significant works of religious literature in the English language. The narrative is framed as an allegory, with each character, location, and event symbolizing aspects of the Christian faith and the believer's spiritual journey. The protagonist Christian, motivated by a deep personal conviction of his own sin and a desire for salvation, feels an urgent need to escape the city of destruction, which represents the sinful world, and reach the celestial city, which is heaven, as soon as possible. This conviction drives him to embark on the journey without waiting for his family due to their resistance to spiritual things. Christian's journey begins with a profound spiritual awakening. He's burdened by a heavy load symbolizing the weight of his sin and the fear of God's judgment. Due to his wife's reluctance to leave the city of destruction, Evangelist, a character who provides guidance to Christian at the start of his journey, advises him to leave his family behind for the time being. Evangelist emphasizes the urgency of Christian's personal salvation and encourages him to make haste to the wicked gate, which is a symbol of faith in Christ, without waiting for his family. Evangelist assures Christian that his family will have the opportunity to follow him later if they're willing. Christian's journey is meant to represent the individual spiritual pilgrimage, so his departure without his family is symbolic of the personal nature of faith and salvation. Each character and event in the story is allegorical, emphasizing different aspects of the Christian journey. Part 2, The Journey of Christiana, follows Christian's wife, Christiana, and their children as they also embark on a pilgrimage to the celestial city after Christian's departure. Part 2 reflects the idea that salvation is available to all who seek it and that Bunyan wanted to emphasize the inclusivity of the Christian faith that is open to both men and women. Christiana's journey parallels her husband's, and she faces her own challenges, encounters various characters, and learns important spiritual lessons. Bunyan's presentation of Christiana gives us profound insight into the advanced genius of John Bunyan and his developed appreciation of woman and her elevated position in creation. His characterization of her fundamental place and work in God's creation reveals that people who follow the Bible as their life guide and inspiration for living honors woman and the unique position she holds in God's creation. And remember, my friend, he was writing 400 years ago. In the sixth stage of the journey of Christiana, Bunyan points out, through a character named Gaius, the highly favored status of woman by pointing out her actions surrounding the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Gaius starts by pointing out that life and health came into the world through woman. God sent forth his son made of a woman. Galatians 4.4 says that when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. During the Old Testament, women looked forward to the fact that they might become the mother of the Savior of the world. Gaius makes an unusual observation that women rejoiced in Jesus more than either man or angel. Let that sink into your mind. 
Gaius makes an unusual observation that women rejoiced in Jesus more than either man or angel. Luke chapter 1 verses 42 through 46 says, Then she, Elizabeth, exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, Elizabeth says that the baby leaped for joy inside of me, talking about John with whom she was pregnant. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill what he has spoken to her. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. Gaius goes on to say, I have never read about any man giving even one coin to Christ, while the women who followed him ministered to him of their means. Luke chapter 8 verses 2 through 3 says, And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses, Mary called Magdalene, seven demons had come out of her, Joanna the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. Gaius goes on to list various women who played unique roles in the life of Jesus. It was a woman who washed the feet of Jesus with her tears. Luke 7 verses 37 through 48 says, And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair, kissing them and anointing them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of a woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. So the supernatural providential revelation of God lets us know what is in the heart of this Pharisee and what he's thinking. Of course, Jesus being God, fully God and fully man, in verse 40 it says, Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, Say it, teacher. Verse 41, A creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she, with her tears, has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much, but the one who has forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. It was a woman who anointed Jesus' body for burial. John chapter 11 verse 2 says, Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, and it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. It was women who wept when he was going to the cross. Luke chapter 23 verse 27 says, A large crowd of people followed him, including women who were mourning and lamenting him. It was women who stayed with him as he hung on the cross. Matthew chapter 27 verses 55 through 56 says, Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him were there, watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. It was women who accompanied his body to the burial tomb when he was buried. Matthew chapter 27 verse 61 says, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there, facing the tomb. 
It was women who were the first to be with him on his resurrection morning. Luke 24 verse 1 says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. It was women who were the first to bring news of his resurrection to his disciples. Luke chapter 24 verses 22 and 23. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Based on these examples, my friend and more, it is clear that women are highly favored and sharers with men in the grace of life. My friend, in this age of gender confusion, the desire of a few women to abandon their identity as woman is a sad and injurious thing. It is to give up a place of highly favored stature with the Lord Jesus Christ in exchange for what? In the end, all of these massive attacks in our culture are meant to undermine human beings in their highly exalted state as the image bearers of God. I love God's animal kingdom as he created it. My favorite animal is the moose. I love the bear, the timber wolf, the African lion, the African elephant, the great silver-backed highland ape. But as much as I love these cool animals, my friend, I wouldn't want to trade places with any of them and give up my highly exalted position as an image bearer of Almighty God and my God-ordained position in the scheme of created things. Anyone who says that Christianity is demeaning or belittling to women, they just don't know the Bible, and more than likely, they don't know the God of the Bible. My friend, this podcast celebrates woman and her unique stature and position in the creation of God. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.